I'm a mess. I do my makeup in my car. Pulling up 6:30 when I told you six o'clock. I admit I'm always about to fall apart, but you would never notice 'cause I make you think I'm not. You're saying no. Synced up. Almost. How are you after last night? Unwell. Mm, me too. I napped today, and that says a lot. If you know me, I ain't a napper. Yeah, no. And I wore heels for the first time in probably seven years, and uh, I wore them for almost two hours. So that was a feat for me. And then all day today, my one ankle has been swollen and painful. Dang. So I'm. I'll reserve the heels for very rare special occasions. Yeah. I put my I put my sneakers on though and I felt like back to life. Did you? Yeah, I felt great. Good. Yeah, we were cutting rugs. I'm a little sore today from dropping it low. Sneakers kind of a Mrs. Claus showed up. You guys, (laughs) we had our um our Toys for Tots ugly sweater party last night. It was lit. It was so lit. I, I think everybody had a great time. It seemed like everybody was having a great time. I drank a lot, so I definitely had a everybody great time. had a great time, and it was a packed house. Like so fun for our first annual ugly Christmas sweater like party and charitable event. Like it was something that we wanted to do to like do good, feel good, and we did good and we felt good. You right. said what we filled like almost three bins. Of yeah, toys. so I took it to the Apex Fire so cool. Department, and Fisher helped, and the fireman came out, and he was like wow, he's like, y'all are so generous. And so I told him, I was like, well, we did an event last night. And he was like, you filled, because I wasn't counting the stuff. I just like put him in and he kept swapping out the things. Uh-huh. And um, he was like, you guys filled almost three of them. I was like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. I love that. Thank yes. you guys if you came and yes. brought toys. And, and y'all were uh, extra generous. Like there was a lot of people. And I, listen, it's a hard time right now. It really is. But I mean, there were people that brought, you know, two, three, four, five, six toys. Like, yeah. so sweet. And Fisher was asking us, like, he was so confused. My mom rode with me. He's like, <laughs> like why aren't these for me? <laughs> why? He was like, well, I can have one like that. My mom's like, no, this is a great teaching moment. And um, so we were like, well, this is for the kids that like aren't as fortunate as you and like all of that. And then he was like, well, I got to go get mine. So the other day uh-huh. I made him clean out his playroom. And like go through all his toys. And so we're like trying to teach him. And he was so proud to drop him off. It was so cute. And I think it was That's also because so it was the nice. fire station. But yeah. Yeah. No, it was a great time. Next year, obviously, bigger, better, yeah. all the things. Yeah. But we had a good, we did have a good time. We were feeling it. We Spencer were. doesn't always turn up. And when she does, it's probably going to be in a Santa beard. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> and karaoke involved. Yeah, I mean, always. No, it was a great time. I had a lot of fun. And I only stress cried once the whole day. That's pretty good for me. That is good. We had to go earlier. We spent like the whole day there. It kind of brought back like the before show stuff that we did in Dallas, right? Like some of those same feelings, except this was not scripted. So we didn't really have anything to worry about. It was more just like getting everything done. It was a party. It was just like, and I know you're the same way. Like I, my biggest stressor is like, are people having a good time? Right. did they show up for something and am I like providing? Are they I, let down or yeah? Yeah, I guess that's just like my, yeah. you know, my the host side of me. Maggie has Maggie's got her crinkle toys. Y'all yeah. know it's not a it's not a Monday if she's not crinkling all sixty four of her toys or squeaking something. Um, but no, it was a great time and it was nice to meet some of y'all and then a couple of you didn't get a a photo and like didn't get to speak like y'all gotta just bust up in we don't care yeah I was trying to make my rounds in the beginning I was doing a good job I was walking up to faces I didn't know and then I and then I had a little um and then I just drank more yeah I'll be honest I drank more the karaoke came out and it was all over after that um but we had some uh great vendor partners so life and lilac yeah uh, donated stuff for the the goodie bags swag bags she sent pretty mm-hmm. woman which was very on brand like we even have to tell jen anything like she already had it taken care of and smells divine it smells so good you guys so if you've been kind of toying with it get it 
get it. Um, of me and Carrie, uh, they donated a hydrafacial and a skincare set. So that was awesome. Um, manager Bouge just started her business. Yep. Lashes, y'all. If you're local, she's running a killer special right now. She can do natural lashes. She can do the glam. Yes. She can do all the things, but. So she donated a full set. She did. Which nice. In the swag bags too, everyone got a 50% off, um, full set. Oh, awesome. So yeah, clearly stated, sent in, um, Her compliment cards. Yeah. Which is awesome. And then we also had an extra. So we put that in one of the prizes, like one of the winners got that, man, we had a lot, like people were really sweet and like donated great things. Like tis the season to be glam Amen. and look your best. Amen. I mean, we can't speak to that right now per se, but. <laughs> oh, you mean the leftover lip liner that I still have on the side of my mouth? Looking like the damn Joker this morning when I woke up, I was like, oh. You damn. did have, uh, I saw your video. Was that last damn. night or this morning? I don't know. Uh, I I definitely said something last night, but. Yeah. Or oh, this morning when I in. met you at the, the place, I saw it all over your lips. Okay. That, I was like, and I use makeup remover, by the way. You? It was just like really. You got to a little it. gloss on first. Let your lips get moist. Sorry if you like the word. Um, And then you do it and it won't stain as bad. Oh, it was. It, it was looked fun. good. It was worth it. It, it was, was worth, worth the photos. It. it was cute. Yeah. It was cute. Oh, it was a lot of fun. Like, I'm not going to lie. I paid for it today. I just can't hang. I just can't. You go to zero from zero to 60 real quick. Immediately. Too. Yeah. It doesn't take much to light the fire. No. So I think the problem is for you, like, if you let yourself get to that, like, buzzed party place Mm -hmm. and then just stopped, but it happens so So fast for you that I think then you just put yourself over into the deep end. Right. Like, what is that? Why does it do that? I don't know. Well, you know, your body composition changes as you age, so maybe that's part of it. I don't know. Yeah. I, you probably didn't eat anything yesterday. Mm-mm. I didn't eat anything yesterday, and I'm, I know that's what uh, impacted me. Yeah, I didn't. That was right. a mistake. That was a mistake. <laughs> we had super cute little cupcakes in, like, a dessert charcuterie little area. I mean, honest to God, so high craft, the cutest, most per- – how do we have the skill? And I am about to toot our own horn. The skill that we have picking these places for our brand and our events – I know. We have a, it's, it's an art and we can do it very gift. well because our live show at XOXO Dallas, incredible, perfect, high craft for this, literally perfect. I mean, it was a blank slate and we had like all the pink lights. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, we are really gifted. We and, need to add that to our resume. <laughs> and I mean, they were great because they just let us do whatever yeah. we wanted in there. So of course we just pinked it out. Yeah, we did because that's how we roll. It was a very pink. Christmas. That's what we do. Um, anything this week that happened that we want to skim over before we jump into the interview with Lauren? There was something that I want was going to bring up and now I can't remember it. And I'm so irritated because I was like, oh, I'll put it on show notes for this week. And then remembered we were doing the, um, I know I saw a couple of things. Also, what actually I think I do. It's an update to the Balenciaga thing. Hold on. I have a screenshot. I have to find it. Okay. So Balenciaga has now dropped that $25 million lawsuit. And they, shocker. Right. Um, probably because they realized they're they the ones would lose. That, yeah. They're the ones that fall. Got it. So, and then they put up a post on their Facebook or, or on their Instagram the other day. And it says, Balenciaga takes the following actions with the objective to learn from our mistakes as an organization. New control instances. Our current process for content validation has failed. And we recognize the need to do better on the internal side we nominate with immediate effect an image board responsible for evaluating the nature of our content from concept to final assets including legal sustainability and diversity expertise on the external side we have appointed a best-in-class agency to assess and evaluate our content organization we have reorganized our image department aka we fired a bunch of people right to ensure full alignment with our corporate guidelines. Lawsuit, Balenciaga has decided not to pursue litigation. Learn and contribute. We want to learn, help, and contribute to protect children. We are starting trainings on responsible communication across our teams. Together with my team, we will go on a 
quote, listening tour to engage with advocacy groups who aim to protect children. Donation. We have set aside a significant fund for grants to to organizations so that we can help make a difference in protecting children. I want to personally reiterate my sincere apologies for the offense caused and take my responsibility. At Balenciaga, we stand together for children's safety and do not tolerate any kind of violence and hatred message. Cedric Sharbid or whatever his last name is. Yeah. He's the president and CEO. But did you see the other like TikToks and stuff that are coming out now where people are like blasting? They're like, no, I know. There was one girl that used to work for Balenciaga and she was like Mm -hmm. calling him out. She's like, I know what you stand for. All it takes is a little bit of research and you'll start seeing what these people stand for and some of the stuff that they've done in their past that like all ties into what's going on yeah, right now. And I'm it's sure. just all being brought to light. And now the they're trying to save face. is a PR fluff, yep, right? Trying like, to save themselves. Outside of saying we're dropping a lawsuit, which, okay. And we reorganized our image department, AKA you fired you, you picked out a few scapegoats yes. and got rid of them. And you're making it look like you're doing something. You're making waves, but you're not because we see through yeah. it. Sorry. You shouldn't have to have your entire team go through like trainings to learn how to not take advantage of children because that should be like a pretty basic Baseline, thing. Right. That's, that should come second nature to everyone. <laughs> right. So and that's how that works. Yeah. And people are like the Kardashian stands are are turning absolutely they are because it's very interesting to watch says everything about character sellouts like all of that and we said that last week and so people are really just not I think a lot of people with the Kardashian even the stands they know deep down that like they've had so much drama that it just takes one thing to just kind of tip the tip Mm -hmm. the ship tip the needle tip the whatever tip the hat I don't know. Tip, tip something. Hat. It just tips it. You know, the water's high. <laughs> exactly. But that was the only update that I. Yeah. Um, I it's wild watching. And like I said, all these other videos and stuff are coming out about them and it ain't looking good. Mm-mm. And then the other thing we just recently talked about. So those Idaho murders. Yeah. So there's the parents of one of the girls will not stop talking to the press. And it is crazy. Like. They've had to, they've been very tight-lipped. Yeah. They know that it was targeted. They know it was a um, a disorganized murderer, meaning that he was either frantic, trying to hurry up. Frantic, blah, blah, blah. Long and the short of it is, that typically means that they left behind evidence. Right. So they likely know or have a pretty good idea. Of who of or who. something, yeah. Right. And so they're intentionally not releasing right. details to the media for good reason. Right. And the parents of one of the girls literally keep doing interviews and spilling details. So now they've had to confirm certain things because the parents won't stop talking. Right. So the, um, I believe it was the Kaylee, uh, I think it was Kaylee's parents. And they talked about how um, one of the girls, like the extent of her injuries was far significant than uh, the other girls Mm -hmm. and so that so that was confirmed by the police and then there was something else that he said weren't two of the girls in the same room that happened those two Kaylee and um, and Maddie Maddie yeah so yeah they were in their same room instead of their own rooms and oh and the they released that their rooms were on the third floor and I think that for a while people were thinking that they're their oh, room was on the second, second floor because it was out of the second floor where the blood was seeping through the house. Yeah. So anyways, the police have had to confirm details that the parents won't stop talking about. Yeah. And so, of course, there's like it sends the rumor mail flying. But it does. Yeah. Any. So the video of the guy when they were at the taco truck and he was and she like turns around and like says F you and then he like leaves behind her. Have they confirmed anything with that? So if I'm had planned on catching up on some stuff tonight because in the last okay. few days there's been a lot of details that came out right, right, or right. like rumors Send circulating me videos stuff. on TikTok I will. so I can get on that. Because the comment section, like people yeah. know things yeah. that they probably shouldn't know. So it's like, I don't know if it's like other students or local people or whatever, but um, I guess that guy's name is Jack. Yeah. He is currently in Africa. His parents rushed him out of the country to go on safari or some yeah. shit like that. Didn't so, he have like a history too of like... He got kicked. So the 
everybody that was in the house that um, was murdered had been at the frat house around the corner partying. Mm -hmm. He had been kicked out of that frat for like anger, like outbursts of anger and stuff like that. Okay, gotcha. I don't know. I'm. I'm going to catch up. I'll send you some TikTok. Send me some videos so I can get on that side. I need this. I need this to be resolved the way I needed the Brian Laundrie, Gabby Petito thing to be solved. Like I need resolution. Yes. I think everyone feels that way too. Really quick, Casey Anthony, I know you watched it and you (sighs) turned. You feel like she could be. What made you think that? The end of the show? Like At what point did you think "Hmm, maybe she's telling the truth? Honestly, halfway through the second episode. Really? Yeah. I kind of got so not just based on the documentary. I started watching some other things Okay, going back and I um I watched a video of like a body language expert mm-hmm. like watching her speak and then watching the dad in interviews and things like that. And I think I don't think she's completely innocent. OK, I think she's. I think she's involved in some way, shape, or form. I think her dad attempted to cover for her, um, whether it was truly an accident. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense to me that for 31 days, you don't she report would your know kid. that. Her, right. But why is she going to report her kid when she knows her kid's dead? You know, Absolutely. she's thinking her dad's going to take care of it. Her dad's a former detective. Yeah. He's, it's kind of like like Stockholm syndrome, right? She's already lived most of her life under this guise of like, I have to like hide his secrets and do whatever he tells me to do so that we're safe and our secrets are safe. Mm -hmm. And so I could see her, the partying was abnormal for her. All the interviews say like before Kaylee went missing, like all that partying and stuff, that was not her. I could see that being a way for her. Like coping? Coping, yes, because that's a very common trauma response. Mm-hmm. I've certainly been there, mm-hmm. but also just trying to make things look normal. And in her mind, as a 20 something year old, normal is going out and partying. That's what all her friends are doing. So mm-hmm. that's how she's going to blend in and hide. So I could see it being something like that. And then I really think that the dad is a piece of shit. I think yeah. that he probably realized he had secrets to keep and was willing to throw her under the bus to keep his secrets. Yeah. Well, I, I think don't, I said it in your live. I, I don't know that she necessarily did it, but I do think yeah. they were in it together. And I agree with you. I think that with the dad and like, she's always lied about everything. She's always had to do that. Like, so maybe this is no different where something obviously happened. I think they were in on it together. They decided whatever the plan was going to be. And then they executed the plan. And then here we are. That being said, yeah, I do see through her as a person. I feel like, and again, I hate saying that like that because it is judging someone just based on what you know. And I said this on your live too. I lived in Orlando um, at the time. Cause that's where I originally had moved to Florida for a very short period. And this happened of course, in that short period before I moved to Tampa and my neighbor went to the courthouse and he said it was in Insane. Oh, it was her trial and when they I can only imagine because I didn't even live anywhere near Florida and literally everyone I yeah. knew was obsessed it was all anybody it was could crazy talk about. right we would come home like after the day and like just turn on mm-hmm. court tv and watch Nancy Grace for five right hours. Nancy Grace oh my god I forgot about her until it showed her and I was like oh there's Nancy I love Nancy she's hilarious but um but yeah I mean I I don't know. I do not think she's innocent. I think she's a liar. I think she's something about her does not sit well with me. And also, regardless, if someone did something on an accident, I just can't imagine being in that spot as a mom. You know what I mean? And not reporting my kid and not doing right by my son. Like, I just, I don't know. I can't imagine that. Yeah. But I don't think we're ever going to know. We're never going to really know. So somebody sent me this message and I was like, oh. Okay. I was like, okay. Like, I, I. I feel this take. So she says, I don't believe her over-exaggerated, sarcastic, explosive arguments that she's making. She said herself that there were some truths to the lies, even in the name of the show, where the truth lies. I think this is literally her way of saying, yes, I did it, but not in the way that they are saying I did it. So here are some more lies and a little truth. Do I believe her dad had something to do with it? That's hard. And I say that because how do you fake the interactions they had 
talking to each other while she was in jail. Then again, those two were the only ones who had that type of interaction. I believe she accidentally drowned. Dad was there and did what she said that he did. He put her in Casey's trunk. When there started to be smell, Casey knew she had to get rid of her and dumped her. I think he was afraid of Casey blackmailing him and played along with her game, not his. He tried to, quote, help by taking the heat off of himself by putting her in Casey's car, hoping that she would get caught with her. Yeah, but either that's what I'm saying. And that's where I have the biggest problem as a mom. I just can't imagine my child dead in my car. I just can't. If you're innocent and you truly are and it was an accident and you whatever, you're going to do right by your your kid. You don't leave them to rot in the trunk or whatever. I don't think if. okay, so I was telling somebody the other night, my theory is that. She drowned. Uh huh. The dad told Casey to do whatever she needed to do to whatever, act normal. He was going to take care of it, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. I think he held on to Kaylee's body and until he could figure out what to do. Yeah. And then I think ultimately, not that it's a frame job, but I think he was setting her up to take the fall for it. He yeah. knew that there wasn't going to be a way for him to get out of it mm-hmm. by saving her. So he he was taking that time, that 31 days. To figure it out. To figure out yeah. what he was going to do. The fact that they're, they've basically assessed that Kaylee's body was disposed of in the same manner that the dad would dispose of animals that were killed on their property yeah, is very strange. That is strange. And that was something that he was doing, not Lee or Casey. So I, yeah, I don't know. It did put, (sighs) at the end of the day, you could not have told me starting this that there, there would not have been a shadow of a doubt in my mind that she was not solely responsible for killing her daughter. I always thought the dad was weird, but I don't know if I just don't remember all the details or if I just, didn't know them. See, I always thought he was involved in it. But yeah, I guess I kind of forgot. It was like a gray area. And then watching it kind of reignited like what I was thinking or yeah. whatever. But either way, it's sad. And I will die on the hill if I just can't imagine, regardless of what happened, me not getting my kid the proper. Yeah. You know. And it's that's just not. But you also have a lot of years like mm. you're, you know, a yeah. lot older than she was yeah. and also don't have the, the, the trauma yeah, that she had, you know what I mean? And not yeah. that it's an excuse of the behavior, but I think that no. we, it does play a part ultimately in how we process things. Oh, for sure. And we all have our own ways of dealing with things. But and she ain't innocent. She but ain't I do innocent. think she, she, I mean, she'll never, her life will never. She's a lot more innocent so. than we thought. <laughs> <laughs> no, but her um, life will never amount to anything. No, other. and that's, she will always be this. So she yep. is paying a price. She is paying. And Mike and I had talked about that too because he watched it with me, and we said the same thing. We're like, she's always gonna be this girl. Like you're never gonna escape that. You're yep. never gonna have this a normal is life. Her life. Mike's like, man, she's got some balls. Like staying in Florida. Like it, you're right. I mean, you're yeah. never gonna outlive that. It's like any type of case against you, whether or not you're innocent or not. The Duke lacrosse team years ago got in trouble for some stuff. This was like 20 years ago. And whenever people say Duke lacrosse, like that's immediately the story mm-hmm. they go to. Cause you're always going to be that reputation, yep. which sucks to be that. But yeah, we're always going to be known as the best podcast. So that's good for us. Always. And I mean, that's actually true. You <laughs> know, true. okay. So we have a guest on now that we've rambled on for 20 minutes. Yeah. We have a guest today. Um, It was a really long interview. So it's probably going to be, a two-part, two yeah. Two, yeah, a two-parter, long. which is exciting. But um, we all have a connection, which is kind of cool. It's so and cool. interesting. Yeah. So um, I had a great time. Wendy told me I would love her, and she was right. See, I delivered. Yeah. So um, we'll get right into that. So it's our interview with Lauren at Cook Like a Mother. Don't forget to rate us five stars on iTunes and Spotify. Leave us some words of affirmation because, you know, we love you guys so so much when you do that uh call into the hotline or if you need to vent or ask an am i the asshole scenario that number is there for you it's 919-867-6774 and let's get into it 6776 boo what did i say 6774 8675309 okay the number is actually 919-867-6776 that's it my bad (laughs) 
If you haven't finished your holiday shopping yet, don't panic. We've got a secret source for incredible original gifts, and that's Uncommon Goods. UncommonGoods.com has the absolute best gifts for everyone in your life. We're talking moms, dads, teens, in-laws, besties, your one and only. And we've talked about it for the past few weeks, but people are really looking for those unique special gifts, especially this year more than ever. No one just wants something that everyone has. Uncommon Goods has all the creative gifts. They're often handmade by independent artists and makers. So skip the gifts that scream last minute and find something truly original at uncommongoods.com. So some of the, the best gifts, especially for White Elephant, we talked about a few of them last week, but like the whiskey glasses, like such a classic, like great gift that can last you for years. Mm-hmm. Their jewelry is really nice because it's unique. It's handcrafted. I love like funky stuff like that. And I love jewelry anyway. So that's awesome. And Uncommon Goods looks for products that are high quality, unique, and often handmade in the U.S. They've got the most meaningful and out of the ordinary gifts anywhere. From art to jewelry, kitchen, home, and bar. Like how cute would it be to stock up like a little bar and get like a nice bottle of like wine or whiskey pair it with like something from their site, whether it's like a fancy glass or like mm-hmm. the the kits that they have. That is so cute. And what better time to do that than now at Christmas to the season, you know? And those are the kind of things that people might, well, not might, that people do want, yeah. but don't want to buy for themselves. Yeah, no. And it's a great gift that, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to go out and buy myself a new like shaker and stuff, but if you want to give me one, which you have before. I have. I still have that. You know, it's like, what a great gift. Um, so to get 15% off your next gift, go to uncommongoods.com slash swiping up. That's uncommongoods.com slash swiping up for 15% off. Don't miss out on this limited time offer, Uncommon Goods. We are out of the ordinary. Seriously. Well, let me but hit record and get um, this on tape. Yeah. <laughs> Keep talking. So she girl. can't take it back. <laughs> Guys, how did you meet the famous basic blogger? Wendy had to tell me what B.I.B. meant. I am. Um, a bib. What was her name? She's so famous. Everybody loves her. Jen, Jen Reed. Reed. Yes, that's her. <laughs> How'd you guys meet her? We love her. She came to our live show in Dallas. That's where she lives. Oh, so She lives in Dallas. Did you invite her? Yeah, we did. And then we had lunch with her the day before the show to like, because we've followed her for a long time, even mm-hmm. before the podcast. And she actually had us blocked at first. And then we made friends. We love her so much. And Jen has always been such an amazing supporter of our show. And um, we even did our, like, Christmas party last night. And she sent us 80 of her, like, wonderful and worthy, like, um, Roll-on perfumes. perfumes. Yeah, not wonderful. It was Pretty Woman. But, Shut yeah. up. Yeah, she's so sweet. Wow. I am humbled. And I'm sorry you have to waste your time with me. Stop. <laughs> okay. No. Well, let's just jump right in. Yeah. So uh, if you're uh, listening to this, hi, welcome. Thanks for listening to Swiping Up. Yeah. And uh, we're here with Cook Like a Mother. Yes. As she pours hi. her wine. Yes. I love the ASMR. Hold on a moment. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. It looks like you've been drinking a lot of it with those purple teeth. Yeah, you like them purple teeth? I like them purple teeth, girl. I'm a, I'm a lover. I'm a wine lover. Way to call her out. <laughs> oh, whatever. Okay, so Lauren and I go way, way, way back. And I'm talking 2009 was our NASCAR tour that we did. And that's where we met. And Lauren and Danielle, who is a wrestler, right? Like she does, I guess she still does that. So they were originally. I guess she still does that. Uh, does she? I don't know. Sure, I'm pretty sure she does. Spencer's husband. Oh, she doesn't. Oh no. Okay. Well, either way, y'all were the know. first on the tour, and then they hired a couple other girls, and then Jamie and I were the last to be put on the tour after like all the casting calls. They created two new. So we almost didn't meet you and I, and I feel like. And I was telling Jamie. I talked to Jamie. Every day to this day, we talk every day and she saw that you were going to be on the show. And I said, outside of me and Jamie's like friendship, all my pictures are with me, you and Jamie. It's like we did all of our (laughs) shenanigans together, but we have a mutual connection. So Sarah planned Spencer's wedding before Uh I even knew Spencer. 
Like, what are the odds? Sarah McCall. Yeah. yeah. So I was living in oh, New York. I was living in New York, but my husband and I wanted to do like, we really wanted an excuse to like not invite a lot of our <laughs> extended family and friends. Like we wanted a small yeah. wedding. So we were like, oh, well, we love South Carolina. Like we go down there all the time. So anyways, yeah, we decided to get married in South Carolina. And then um, I found her and hired her. Oh, so yeah, so then. She's so great. So then when I met Wendy, then we realized I what did I see her in a photo? You or did, something? yeah. And, and I was like, like her. "Wait a minute, yeah. yeah." How weird is that, though? Like before we ever met, small like world. such a small world. Um, but so yeah, so, crazy. I love watching Sarah too. Yeah, she's she's doing doing the dang thing. Like I feel like we all kind of stayed within like doing something social. Pretty much everybody outside mm-hmm. of maybe Amanda, but um, but there's three things that I remember about Lauren. That stick out in my head, okay? (laughs) One of them is in Bristol, the dirty magazines that we taped to our manager's window. (laughs) Do you remember that? (laughs) I have pictures. Oh, God. Oh, I have pictures of you and Jamie sticking them under the door and we taped them. You don't remember that? No. I blocked that one out. Wait, but were they like dirty photos from a magazine? Uh Oh, okay. They weren't like of you guys. No. (laughs) No. Oh, gosh. If you even knew. (laughs) I just had to clarify. I just needed to clarify. It wasn't even, it wasn't our manager. It was Tom. What what even was he? What did he even do? Got him from point A to point B? I don't don't even know. Yeah, Um, I don't know. Logistics. (laughs) Yeah. But so we did that. Okay. And then um, Macy Gray, you remember singing in the van? And we're like, oh, Lauren, you can sing? Do you remember that? You started singing, Mm -mm. I try to say goodbye and I choke. You don't remember this? Try to walk away and I stumble. No, I hate that song. Oh, you literally sang it. Me and Jamie were talking about it the other day. You Hold sing on. It. Was it like, was it like I was trying to be low key and everyone's <laughs> like, wait, but I was really like not, you know, mm-hmm. like I wanted people to know I could sing like that. Maybe. I don't know. I just remember. Ooh, I hate myself if that's the case. <laughs> wait, but can you sing? Yes. Well, yeah. I'm singing in a band. That's why it would be really annoying if I was trying to like. Yeah. Your family I'm sings like, though, right? Do they still, your family? Yeah. They like have yeah, a legit... an overboard. He's what? What you guys have seen the movie Overboard, right? Yeah, yeah. And Goldie Hawn in that? Yes. Wait, he's in that? My dad is in that band. Oh. Yes, that is in the movie. Oh. And my oh, dad celebrity. is literally Kurt Russell. He looks like Kurt Russell, like to a t you're gonna freak out when I send you a picture. Wait, I didn't know that. Well, now I have to yes. watch the movie. I've never watched it. You've movie. never watched it? I have no. the movie. Well, I mean, who uses DVR- DVDs? I almost said DVRs. DVDs anymore. <laughs> no so It is so great. Yeah. And then there was one more thing, and now I forgot it. <laughs> that I always think about you. God, we have so many good memories, though. We would laugh so hard. Yeah. Wait, so That's how long? what I remember. We would just clown. It, but that was the thing. Like, I didn't go to college and that was the first real experience that I had, like, with girlfriends. That, like, and was your college experience. It was, because I was so young. I think Sarah and I were the youngest. And they, like, cast everybody when we did the um, tour, like, as a personality, you know. And Lauren was the mom. Like, you were, like, the mom one because you had kids. Or you had yeah, how many I had two, at two the kids time. at the time. Mm-hmm. And then Wait, Sarah was you had two door. kids while you were doing the NASCAR yes. thing? Yes. Wow. Yep. Mm-hmm. What was that like? It was hard. Yeah. Was you used really to cry weird. about it because you felt so horrible. Oh, yeah. I'd, I'd miss them. Um, yeah. And you guys, it's so sad. I would put their their favorite cartoons on in the hotel when I would get ready and just hear it in the background to kind of feel like I was at home. Yeah. With them. Because it is. We would fly out on, what, Wednesdays? Yeah. And and then leave after the race started on Sunday. Yeah. And it was every weekend sometimes every other weekend and it was a lot it was a lot but what made it so great was the relationships and the laugh oh my gosh when you travel with people you really just you lay it all out there you do it was really cool did i i only went to college for a little bit wendy so i know what you mean like when you say we it was like bonding yeah 
It was so great. It, well, that they basically just hired all of us. No one had ever met. There was casting calls all throughout the country. And everybody at that point had an agent. They sent you to a casting call with how many people was it? Wasn't it like 30,000 girls that went out for this? So many. I went insane. out to Chicago for my for yeah. my audition. Um, and I'm from, at the time, within Indianapolis. So three hours yeah. to go to that audition. And it ended up... Yeah, I killed that audition, though. I was so scared. I was shaking going into it, but it was a good one. Yeah. So what did you guys have to do for the audition? I don't remember, actually. Oh, gosh, I do. We were at, it was like a, what's it called when it's like an executive table where it's like a line of people. It was a what's the, like a conference room table. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yes, it was like a round. Yes. Yeah, it yeah. Was a conference yeah. room for me, and it was everybody in a chair, and they had me sit in the middle. Mm-hmm. And I and I have important people all around me, but I don't know who's who. Right. But I know everybody is making this decision, and they just start firing off questions, and okay, then yeah. they ask me to sing, which is very funny. Wait, they did? They didn't ask <laughs> yes, me to I sing. <laughs> oh yeah. Because on my resume, now when he's pissed. <laughs> on my resume, they oh. it, it said I was in a band, okay. and so obviously they're going to be like, "Can she handle pressure? Can she be put on the spot?" And so they were like, "Well, can you sing? <laughs> sing for us right now?" And I was like, "I think I peed my pants a little bit," <laughs> and then I was like, "Oh no!" And I started singing Tracy Chapman's "Fast Car." Yes, and it went well, and then I got hired. It was great. Well, so it's funny because Danielle and Lauren are super tall. How tall are you? Like 5'10"? 5'10", yeah. Yeah. So they're really tall. And y'all were doing most of the media for it. And all the drivers were really short. And I was obviously the shortest one. Like, they they put me as, like, the kid sister. It was so rude. And all the pictures, (laughs) I had to be in, like, the front. The kid sister. I was. And they, like, purposely did that because we all had these, like, cards that we had and, like, uh, stuff about us. And so they were like, well, the drivers are really small. And I don't know if the drivers really wanted that, but they wanted people around them to be shorter so it didn't make them look so short. Yeah. Because historically they were they were shorter. But then I think as time went on, people, the hormones and the food, we shooting all the while, like just tall, whatever. But Lauren and freaking Danielle were so tall, like hovering over these guys. But y'all had, um, so we used to do track stuff, like at each track. And I'm not good at like, reading I'm not good at scripted stuff y'all know and so I remember being in Talladega and having they're like okay you're gonna say these like facts about the track and they put you on you know camera or whatever and I swear to god the man was probably like you have to stop you just just say Talladega's fun but I remember I I know what you're talking about it's when we took those pictures that you posted of us doing Charlie Bengals wasn't it in that studio? No, that was in Vegas. And oh, you can kidding. tell that we were definitely, our team was run by men. Like, we didn't have one female. as like our tour manager or the logistics, any of that. We literally, either we had just flown in or we had just come from the track. But they gave us 10 minutes to get ready for a photo shoot for our cards that we signed at the track and we're giving out. We're like, get out. 10 minutes. I'm not even, do you remember that? And that was in Vegas that we did that. that at that studio. And they're like, all right, y'all have to be ready at like 5. We're like, it's literally 4.50. What? Do you remember when I didn't have a uniform at first and I yeah. looked like a manager, you were manager. with my blue polo? I Wait, was the manager. You That was in Daytona. That was our first week. Oh, that's what I was going to get yeah, to. Yeah, it was like the Super Bowl of the freaking <laughs> yeah. NASCAR. And I am walking around. I was so embarrassed in khakis and a blue polo. Yeah, you were. And I was the manager. It was... I don't remember what happened. I think my my uniform was too small or something. That's well, hilarious. They, yeah, no, I, yeah, yours didn't fit, and so they ordered everybody. Like they took our measurements. I'm the. Do you remember mine was high waters, and they got us those low pumas. My ankles always showed. I'm like, how do you make mine high waters? I'm the shortest one. But um, in Daytona, that was our first one. So they all. So anyway, we all got cast to do this. Jamie and I got added on later. Like they called me literally like four days before we were leaving. So Jamie what and did you guys actually do? This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com slash swiping up and get on your way to being your best self. Unfortunately, life doesn't come with a user manual. So when it's not working for you, it's normal to feel stuck. Navigating any of life's challenges can make you feel unsure, whether it's a career change, a new relationship, or becoming a parent. Therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills, which makes therapy the closest thing to a guided tour of the complex engine called you. 
BetterHelp has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists. It's convenient and accessible anywhere and 100% online. That is one of the best parts about BetterHelp, if you ask me, is the ability to dig in and get uncomfortable to work through your shit, but in the comfort of your That's own home. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, it's like you're you're putting yourself in a very uncomfortable space, but you're really subconsciously comfortable because you're at home or wherever you right you can stay in your safe space while you open up to your therapist and the greatest part is and we've talked about this before it can take time to find the right therapist for you and changing until you find that right person is so easy with better help as the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Plus, it's affordable. You fill out a brief questionnaire and that matches you with a therapist. And if things aren't clicking, like I said, you just switch to a new therapist at any time. It really couldn't be any simpler. There's no waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the night for the right therapist. You learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash swiping up. That's betterhelp.com slash swiping up. Can I ask you a question? Can I ask you? Do you remember that? Oh my God. So we worked for ask.com. They were trying to bring back like ask, ask Jeeves. It, if we had a dollar yeah. for every time that we were walking through the track that people were like, ask.com, literally dad joke of the century. <laughs> yeah. But we just did like media. We signed. So we were with Bobby Labani and he was a driver and he drove obviously the ask car, the ask car and we would do like autograph sign-ins in his trailer we had little booths set up like throughout the whole track um promoting ask taking people's information like on the little cards that they could win stuff so wherever he went you guys went well we went yeah he raised all of them okay so i mean we were gone like lauren said it was a lot i mean Mm -hmm. it was a lot and now that i'm a mom i was thinking about you the other day when we were talking about having you on i was like God, Lauren had kids. Like, I can't imagine. I mean, there are some weeks that I'd love to be away, you know? (laughs) Don't get me wrong. But I do. I remember you, like, having moments where you felt really guilty and you would, like, get upset. And I was 23, I think, and I had no idea, like, what that was like. But now as a mom, I'm like, God, that would be really, really hard to travel like that. I mean, you made we made the best out of it, obviously. We had so much fun. Um, but I, yeah, I thought about that the other day. Cause how old were your kids? How they were young. I? They were young. I was 25. Okay. When we did that. So I had my fourth kid by 27. Yeah. So Pardon yeah. my gaping mouth. Yeah. I'm shocked <laughs> <laughs> because here's the thing. Like, well, that's what happened. I think at 19. I'm <laughs> like, I'm 36. Right. And I'm like, if I found out I was pregnant, I would be like, what am I going to do? Yeah. <laughs> Who's going to keep this baby? Like, like I'm that's... so stunted. <laughs> I can't imagine like the idea of me, like having one child, much less four. You're like yeah, super. They woman. were all a surprise, but one. So how old are I, they I now? I definitely had that. Like, well, my oldest is 18. Okay. Next one is 15, 12 and 11. So wow. that's the, but I feel like now you're at like your kids are at the fun age well maybe not the 11 year old (laughs) but like for the most like they're turning into like adults and you get to have like yeah different relationships with them way better but what I was just talking about actually Wendy I gotta tell you this is kind of morbid I don't know if you're ready for it I'm ready (laughs) but okay so you know how older people will tell you time flies like you're not and it's like you get you know right you can understand that yes but what I was realizing is I had a dream about my youngest the other night and in my dream I realized I was dreaming and I realized I have a moment I don't know when my dreams can but I have a moment with my youngest and he looked like his three-year-old self and I was so emotional in my dream and I and you wake up and you go nobody tells you that it's almost like a death the, the little kids You'll never see them again. I know. You'll never hear them again. Like, it's literally like a death. Like, right now, my 11-year-old, he'll pretty much look like that. His character, you know, his personality, it's developing. Um, obviously, everybody changes, but a lot of that base is there. But when they're little, little, yeah. you'll never hear those funny little phrases and those words and those things and what they look like and the 
fat chubby hands and the wrinkles yeah, it's it all helps. gone and so yeah it's like nobody tells you like it's so hard when you're in the thick of it it's so hard I felt like I was treading water like it was mm-hmm. nice to go and travel with you girls it was a respite for me because at home it's nonstop and I had two three and then a newborn and um and that's hard but it's so sad to look back and go I kind of wish the time away yeah. because it's so hard you know and mm-hmm. it's so much just keeping them from killing or killing themselves or dying or, yeah you know making huge messes and it's so hard day in day out but those people are gone and they're gone forever and so it's really like sobering and I wish somebody would have said instead of saying the time goes quickly it, say you'll never get these people back you'll yeah. never see them again and that I think would have like shook me a little bit more made me be a little bit more serious you know that's such a great uh, way to put it though because yeah. it is true you know I mean there are days that I get really frustrated with Fisher because I spend so much time with him, you know, right now. And I did that on purpose. Like, I didn't used to only do three days in the salon. I worked more than that. But I was recently telling someone, when he goes to, to kindergarten, I'll have more time to, like, go back to that. But right now, at his age, he turned four in July. And it's so fun. And he's doing things. And, yeah, you don't. You don't get that back. And every week, they're doing something different, you know. And it's just... You're right. That's such a good way because you never see them again. And once they grow out of it, like you can look at photos, but really it's like you miss that the baby and pieces of it. I was not a baby person. I ain't going to lie to you, but you know what I mean? But you're right. I mean, you do like, it would be nice if someone's like really savor the moment. Yeah. Sometimes it's real hard because I gave birth to myself and my child (laughs) is like next level, but Lauren is hilarious. You used to drive your kids to school and like embarrass the crap out of them. Like you would post it. Oh yeah. Robe. Oh, if you miss the bus, I'm walking you into the office in my robe and my slippers and I'm not putting a bra on. And that's how it's going. That's okay. So you want to motivate, you want to motivate your kids to get out the door and pack their lunch and get on the bus. You just threaten the robe, but they, uh, but then they realized, like, it wasn't so bad. Like, the office loved it, you know? <laughs> you can walk it in, they're like, well, look who's here! You know, it's all like, you know, oh, I wish we could trade places. It was always kind of the same jokes. And then my kids realized, wait, it's actually kind of funny. Oh, all right, I'll just miss the bus. So it worked for, like, Dang. five minutes. Yeah. And then, uh, and, and then they're like, oh, I don't even care. You can take me in your robe. Cause I would threaten it and they didn't, they stopped caring. But yeah, my half, my goal in life is to make my kids laugh and embarrass them. Um, my mom told me that's literally like why she wanted them. to have kids to do, to embarrass you. Yeah. yeah she what was a good mom. I mean, she was in her heyday. She was a great mom <laughs> and like that. Yeah. But that was like her, her joy. She loved to embarrass us. And I was the type of kid where, I just thought it was so fucking funny because it was the type of shit that I would do. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was, I was kind of like your kids. Like it did embarrass me. Like at first, like middle school age, elementary, like where you're like too young to really get it. And everything is embarrassing. Like stop mom. By the time I was in high school, I was like, there's literally no embarrassing me. (laughs) Like you, you just are. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. But see, you gave you thick skin. Yeah. Made you a better person. See? Uh, it sure did. Thick skin. That's what came out of it. Well, we, that's good. We love that. <laughs> we need that these days. Yeah. Well, okay. So speaking no of kidding. thick skin. So Lauren, I mean, obviously it's been a long time since we've really talked. I mean, we keep up through social media, but you're like huge on TikTok. Almost a million followers. Almost. That's Almost. crazy. So you do. I know. So what have you been doing? Just tell me. What have you been doing? Tell us. You want to know how that happened? Yeah. Okay. I'll tell you my origin story when it comes to TikTok. Okay. So what's so funny is when COVID happened, um, we were all stuck at home. So I started posting on my fanny pack. I own a fanny pack company. The leather. Okay. So yeah, the leather fanny pack. Um, That's not the name. Hands-free people. But... Oh, and but three people like tried to come after me. Anyway, long story. Fanny pack company. I have an Instagram page, and 
during COVID, like that was the main Instagram, like I was focused on building on that brand. So in the stories, I started posting recipes and food because we're all, you know, at home and people are very confused because it's a brand and yet here's this woman and in all the verbiage, I'm like, we're so excited for our launch. And it's all we, you know, plural, like it's a big business or company. No, it's just me sitting (laughs) in my house. And so everyone's like, what's going on? Like some people know because they know me, but a lot of people that started to follow the company were like, I don't get why this woman is cooking every night (laughs) in the stories of the fanny pack company. What is going on? So then this one uh, Instagrammer graciously pulled me aside and she was like, I think you need to start a cooking like account just just for cooking uh, away from the bags. Like it's kind of confusing. So sweet. Her name's Nicole. And so, and so she was like, I honestly think you should put your eggs in the TikTok basket. I'm growing really fast on there. I was like, oh, um, TikTok, what's that? Okay. By my eighth video, I didn't know what I was doing, went viral. And it was my fettuccine Alfredo. Uh-huh. And it went viral. And that's where I think I got 200,000 followers in like a matter of maybe a week or something. Wow. And then I got an agent from there and, uh, and they said, Oh, Nathan's hot dogs wants to work with you, but you have to have an Instagram. So I was like, uh, uh, I don't have that. They were like, no, it's part of the contract. You have to. So then I hurry up and go start a cook like a mother Instagram and start feverishly adding content to that account. And that was in April of 2020. So we're like, what, two and a half years of, basically building on both platforms Mm -hmm. and it was all because (laughs) someone was so nice and kind enough to say you really need to stop posting food on this company fanny pack (laughs) you're like but it's hands free like I can cook while I'm wearing my fanny pack (laughs) right like I was I I don't know why in the moment I didn't think it was really bizarre yeah. But it just all made sense to me. But no, it was really, really bizarre for other people watching. And it took somebody saying, you really need to start your own, which I always tell everybody, you need, you know, if you ever want to grow on social media, like you have to find your niche or your niche yeah. and run with it, you know? Yeah. And it almost takes somebody outside of you saying, hey, you're really good at this. Or, hey, you really should focus on this and get this type of content out there for people. And it, you need someone to tell you, hey, you kind of have something here. And that's what it took for me. I just thought, I'll just keep posting on my fanny pack page. But no, someone said, hey, start a cooking, start a cooking channel. But that's and a I perfect did. example of the difference in growth because people try so hard, us included, to grow on Instagram. Mm-hmm. But you figure you've had these accounts relatively the same length of time, right? Like not... I think you've had mm-hmm. TikTok a little bit longer from the sounds of it, but not maybe sig- a month. Right, yeah. So right. not a significant amount of time. So figure you've had these accounts about the same length of time mm-hmm. and you have 10 times the amount of followers on TikTok that you yeah. do Instagram. Like that is mm-hmm. just wild. And it I is. think it shows a big difference in the users on the platforms, what they're looking for, how they're engaging with the content creators. It's really interesting. Yeah. And also shareable well, guys, content. You know, I only, I just went viral for the first time ever I on saw, Instagram. Yes. Ever. You had with Christmas crack. It was the yes. first one that's gone viral. Nice. And it's been two and a half years. Whereas like TikTok, it was my eighth video. Yeah. And so, you know, with Instagram, it's kind of like you gotta be long suffering because the platform is so established. Mm-hmm. Um and that's why I always tell everybody, like, unless you're a unicorn A unicorn to me is those lifestyle accounts where they have the most beautiful, perfect extensions, perfect skin, perfect body, perfect life, perfect house, perfect kids, or perfect dogs or perfect whatever. You know, it's like the perfection. That's your lifestyle account. And that that is like 0.000001% of the population. You're most likely not that. So find your niche for your niche. How do you guys say it? I feel like my sister gets mad at me when I say niche. Okay, I do too. My sister got mad at me the other day. Oh, I just don't use the word. Now I'm like, I guess. I don't even, I don't use the word. I'm not French. I don't say that, but it's Niche. (laughs) (laughs) I'm What I was going to say is a lot of it too is shareable content. And I've noticed a 
huge uptick in recipes and food accounts, like really blowing up because they're right now to grow, especially on Instagram, but TikTok too. You need something that people are sharing like that to help go viral. And recipes are like it. And they're fun to make. If you have like a good way of telling something or or narrating or voiceover, whatever on your recipe, I feel like those do so well. And your Christmas crack one, I saw that one before it had gone viral. And I was like, dang, that looks good. I saved it because I want to try it. And then, yeah, I went back and I was like, she has like, how many views on that do you have now? I think like 9 million. Wow. Nine something. Yeah, so, yeah, it's the first time it went viral, you guys. It takes a lot to go viral on Instagram. Yeah. Like, yeah. a lot. And it's Instagram so. changes stuff all – we yes, talk about do. it all the time, and it's just people don't see your stuff. People's stories are this. People now have the option to, like, watch all your stories or, like, the five that it shows. Have you mm-hmm. seen this? It, they're just always changing stuff, and obviously you have to be fluid mm-hmm. to change with it. But Spencer's a huge – TikToker and she's like, we've got to get our content over on TikTok because of, excuse me, exactly what you're saying, because it's where you're really going to grow. And also it seems like that's the trendier platform. You know, Instagram is like the perfect feed, like what you're saying. And TikTok, you can kind of be messy and people are a lot more forgiving over there. I know that they can be really savage too, but they're a they lot can, more. They can, but it's, yes. yeah, it's just different. We talked about it last week too, right? Like Instagram is where we go when we want to look at the the perfection, yeah. the curated stuff. Yeah. Yes. TikTok is where you go to like keep it real. You've got like relate in- with people. Yes. Right. You've got influencers mm-hmm. on TikTok or content creators that are getting on not wearing makeup. They're not using filters. They're just being themselves. And it's people I think are realizing, oh, I want to connect with that more. And I think the younger, like mm-hmm. the Gen Zers have always felt that way. Yeah. But now it's like more and more millennials and what what's above us? Gen Y? Gen X? I don't know. Well, you have to ask but. why um, Be Real, that app is blowing up right now. You guys heard yeah. about that, right? Yeah. Well, the whole premise is like no filters. You take a, they just surprise you when it's time to take a picture. The idea is that you take one right away and it's, you know, whatever you're looking at, plus the most hideous selfie you've ever taken in your life. Yeah, and yeah. It, it, that's the whole, and that's why it's, it's so popular because I think people are very tired of the filtered version of everything because all it has done is make people feel like shit. Yeah. I literally <laughs> so, or, just said that last like, week. Why do I do this? Right. That's exactly what we were talking about. Exactly. It's like getting on, and we were talking about filters. We've gone back and forth because people – especially with what we really started our show talking about, you know, a lot of the influencers and they push a lot of skincare and makeup, but they're also filtering when they do that. So people are like, wait a second, why are you pushing this and doing that? So last week we talked most recently about the filter thing and you get on, you see yourself in this filter and you look great. You're perfect. But then you turn your head and you look in the mirror and you're like, that's not what I look like. And it just screws up your head so much that I think a lot more people are just over that you know and it's just not good to do that it's just not good for you um but you're right I mean TikTok especially we know people on both platforms like some of our favorite girls that we've had on the show or that we are good friends with they are so much larger on TikTok you know what I mean like house off 96 like and fast yeah I mean it's comparatively right but that it's just how you can grow quicker and be yourself I feel like, especially like the Be Real app and like TikTok, like it's almost like people are trying to like find their way back, right? Like we loved social media. It was so great. And then it became so crazy toxic. And it's like, we're trying to like reclaim it. Like, no, we don't want the toxicity. We want to like. pushing it out. Yeah. We want to be able to enjoy social media and relate to other people and know that like not everybody is perfectly made up and looks beautiful and has multi-million dollar homes and doesn't have to work a real job. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. And it does seem like there's a huge push right now for people. It's like almost a contest. Like who's the ugliest to get on? You know, it's like, <laughs> oh, oh, you look like that? All right. Well, guess what? We're going to win every time because we don't wake up looking good. <laughs> but it's like, you're right. People want to connect with real people. And the word yeah. authentic and raw and real was so overused the past couple of years, but it's the God's honest truth. Like people just want to feel 
not like shit about themselves when they mm-hmm. get on and they see this perfect person selling something or talking about something and then you look in the mirror you're like oh cool like I have boogers on my face and snot on my right. shirt you know whatever but right. it's 100%. it's a hard world out there join us next week for part two of our interview with Lauren from Cook Like a Mother mm-hmm. I'm scared what you think